Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the FPL Context Podcast with me, Steve. And me, Greg. I've done it again. It's three wins in a row. Greg's in all kinds of trouble. He's in a rut. 4-3 overall. Greg, I told you I was coming, mate, and uh, now I'm 4-3 up. First time I've led all year. Yeah, I mean... uh three lucky wins in a row really <laughs> first thing that comes to mind but one luck's winning one one week's lucky but three the tide's against you now mate then you're yeah. you're you're there's big tides coming in and you haven't got a surfboard you've got a little fucking paddleboard right and you're just floating and you can't deal with the waves the waves are too big for you and there's me just slightly like slowly just gliding across the top and just just riding those waves, mate. Yeah, well, um, I would like to say I am still above on total score. I, I'm still uh, technically winning, but I guess we can go from the technicalities with your 4-3 up on game weeks, but when it all comes down to it, I'm still technically winning. Yeah, well, it sounds like a desperate man who's drowning. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> he's holding on for all dear help he's got his hands he's found a little bit of rock to hold on but the waves are dragging him away so uh, yeah like the, like the Titanic you're slowly sinking mate nah mate um, the, when the pressure really starts to come on that's, that's when I really show up so expect a big week coming out alright alright so let's talk about my well my most recent winning week uh, I beat you by a massive one point. <laughs> I had 57 and you got 56. So I'm really happy with this week because in previous weeks, I've made a couple of transfers, not really worked for me, but this this week it's worked really, really well. So I brought in Chilwell and I took out Sace. I got six points with Chilwell. Obviously, Sace didn't play. So obviously, really happy with that. And then I took out Havertz and brought in Grealish. Havertz got two points. Grealish got 15. So made some really big gains there with those moves. So really happy with that. Um, and Grealish was was fantastic. Uh, obviously, he got the goal. We got two assists. Watkins had to get on his knees and absolutely beg him to let him have the penalty because he was so crap in the game. Um, but yeah, really... In- really encouraging stuff from Grealish. He just, he was in the box a lot. He took a lot of shots. Um, and when you compare him directly to the likes of Barkley, who's in the same team. So people talk about whether the investment's worth it. Well, Grealish in the last three game weeks has had seven shots in the box and Barkley's only had one. And he's created three big chances and Barkley's only created one. So there's a clear difference between the two and Grealish is obviously worth that premium. So, Really happy with that move. So, how about you? How did how did um, game week seven go for you? Yeah, it weren't too bad. Uh, so, I got Martinez get me a whopping zero points for Aston Villa. Uh, obviously, they suffered quite badly against Southampton in terms of conceding goals. So, to be fair though, they were unlucky. I thought because yeah, Southampton they did score four, but it was two worldy free kicks and a goal from across from a free kick two, I think, or a corner. So. Their XG, what wasn't set piece, was actually quite low. So they, they, the stats sometimes show a bit of a different picture. I thought I wouldn't if I was a Martinez owner, which I am, and you are, I wouldn't be too worried. Yeah, I had um, 
I had Taylor as well for Burnley. They lost 3-0 to Chelsea. So nothing there. Chilwell got me good six-pointer. I had Tariq Lamptey come in for me because uh, Sace didn't play. I had Lamptey my base originally. And thank God that Sace didn't play in the end because Ta- Lamptey popping out of a goal. So love to see that from Tariq. And then I have Fernandez blank, Foden, 10 minutes on the pitch, blank. Um, Son, blank. Salah, eight-pointer, nice. Cavalier in late goal was nice. Watkins, late goal was nice. And Kane, my captain of the game week, got me a six-pointer, which fairly happy with it will do. At least it wasn't a Son blank because Son was the other one I was considering. Yeah, I think um, I was a bit gutted that Kane didn't get any bonus. Uh, but yeah, he done his job. He got, I know, to be honest, he cheated for that. Um, just fell on his ass. And there's no contact there looking at, he was looking at Alan, Alan, I was looking at the ball. But I think by the sound of your team there, you've got a couple of problems. Um, obviously, you've got Sace. He looks like he's lost his place to Kilman. You've got um, you've got Watkins, who doesn't look like he's, well, he doesn't look like he's going to score uh, if it's not if it's not a penalty. I know he had that freak game against um, Liverpool. And then you've got Foden, who you just can't be sure that he's going to play. So you've got a couple of issues to sort. Yeah. Um, so I have been thinking about how to sort these issues. Unfortunately, I've only got one free transfer this week. So it's kind of hard for me to do it without potentially using a few point hits. So the currently current uh, way of thinking I'm going across is a four-point hit and leaving Saison for now just because hope he can play but if not I have a backup defender assuming Lamptey's not injured which I'm hoping to find out about soon um, and then just doing uh, Watkins and Foden to Grealish and Bamford yeah four point hit but I think it might be worth it yeah well it's quite funny because Bamford's blanked three times in his last four games um mm. But his all of his goals basically come away from home, and their next uh, their next couple of games is away from home. So, yeah, I would be I I'll actually let you into a secret. I've gone against what I've said all season about making early moves, and I've already made two early moves because I had the exact money to do it. Um, so I moved Jimenez and uh, Basuma out, and I brought in Bamford for Jimenez and uh, changed Bazuma for Ziek. And um, I've done that on Saturday night and um, I've made 0.2 already from those price rises. So really happy I've done it because I, otherwise I wouldn't have been able to make that move. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I was really impressed with Ziek and obviously Bamford's away form is really good. So uh, happy with that happy with that investment so far um right so what we're going to do is we're going to go through this upcoming game week's fixtures and just have a quick look back at those teams who are playing and um talking about the key stars from each one of those games so first of all the early game so we've got a 5 30 game on friday which feels really weird because everyone will be just finishing work and well make sure you don't miss that deadline guys get that done either in your lunch break or get that done at first thing on friday morning 
Um, so we've got Brighton against Burnley. Now, Brighton, they look really good against Spurs, um, I thought. Um, it was quite weird how they dropped Matt Ryan. Uh, the goalkeeper needed a rest. Like, what did he need a rest from? Like the only thing, the only thing he's really done because I've seen him in most of the games. He hasn't been saving anything. He should been picking the ball out of the net. So I don't know what he's tired from. And then if I was a uh, a riot owner, I'd be pretty worried. Yeah, I think hundred um, percent agree. Not too sure on that, but I don't know. And also, more pay was dropped too. I think I think you're probably seeing quite a low scoring game in that one for me, Brighton Burnley. But I think gen- generally, as I'm not, I wouldn't be happy as a Brighton owner right now. I'm very happy with Lamptey, but I'm only happy with Lamptey because he plays like a right winger. Yeah, he does. So, but if I if I owned any other Brighton defence, I might be a bit worried about them right now. Yeah, and it's just a bit of a weird one, really, dropping Ryan uh, for tiredness. So, is he going to yeah. come back in? And then also Morpe, he was dropped. Say it. People were talking about an attitude problem. So if you own more pay, it's a good fixture for him. Mm-hmm. But do you trust he's going to play? So that's it's really it's a tough one. Yeah, that definitely that's the thing. I think when the players are getting dropped, um, like more pay and right, and you just really, really doubt uh, having them in your team because you just don't know really where you stand with them especially Ryan as an as a 4.5 million goalkeeper it causes a lot of headaches for a lot of managers that have him so and yeah I was definitely thinking about Malpe at one point but with him getting dropped last game it really <laughs> turns me off of him to be honest yeah and it's difficult because obviously you've got the likes of Bamford and you've got the likes of Callum Wilson continuously doing well within that prize bracket so you really want He's, his closest competitors are doing well. Um, the thing about more pay is I think I'd give it one more game. I think I'd see what happens this game week because it is a good fixture for him. And I don't think it's worth using if you need to take a hit to get him out or 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 anything like that. I would give it a week just to see because it is a good fixture against Burnley at home and you'd expect him to return. Um, yeah. From Burnley's side... There's nothing really you can say from an attacking point of view. Um, Chris Wood's there, but he's close. People who are in the same price bracket are really outperforming him. They're not really getting much service. He looks a little bit better with Ashley Barnes. The only thing you could really target for Burnley is defenders. Um, but they just seemed, even though the, the statistics in terms of like XG and stuff like that, XG conceded is looks fairly decent. They just seem to keep conceding goals. Um, so I'd, I I think it will be a low-scoring game, but I do I, I don't think I can see Burnley keeping a clean sheet in that game. No, I think Brian um, will be a bit too much for them in terms of keeping a clean sheet. Uh, yeah, I think Burnley have really struggled this season so far. As I think Brian will be a tough game for them. Even though I think Brighton's an interesting one because every time I watch them, they seem like they have really good performances, but they do seem to lose pretty much all the time. So. Hmm. Uh, it's hard to know really but I think Burnley will struggle against Brighton yeah yeah it's it's funny Brighton because they're like they remind me of this winger I used to play with Um, it'd take on every player on the pitch and then it hit into Rosehead and that's kind of what they remind me of they do they do all the pretty work they look so good like they literally look like Ronaldinho and the ball and then when they get to that final thing of trying to get that win 
like their finishing touch it literally just goes into orbit and it's just they just can't get that win over the line um did you play with Adama Traore oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) his his real name was Adam Taylor (laughs) (laughs) but yeah um it's just one of those where there are a lot of there are a lot of barking and no bite at the moment, but uh, Brighton and they to be honest they need to get some points on the board because you can say they're playing well and stuff like that, but they're continuously losing games. Yeah. Um, right. So Southampton, Newcastle. Now Southampton, they've looked great since uh, since Spurs smashed them in the second half. Um, big worry for them is Danny Ings. So Danny Ings came off of a knee injury. He's had a scan. There's talk that isn't particularly major, but it's unsure. And with his knee history, it looks very unlikely he will be playing this week. And obviously Newcastle coming off um, a big win against Everton. Do you think a Southampton without Danny Ings, how do you think they'll go against Newcastle? I think Danny Ings is a huge miss for them. So... Uh, if it is confirmed that he's definitely out, and he, uh, if it's if it's for a prolonged period of time, they're in serious trouble. But for this game specifically, if he's out of it, I think they'll struggle a lot more than before. I still I'm not convinced by Newcastle, so I think I'd still fancy Southampton to win this game. Um, but I feel I, like Newcastle might get a clean sheet in this game if Ings doesn't play. Um, I mean, I guess as you say in the in the game against Villa. Southampton didn't look like scoring that many. I mean, two of the goals were Warprow's worldies and then one of them was a, an Ings worldie. So it's like, without that, would they really have scored? Um, so Yeah. In terms of FPL assets, I think, um, I think if I was looking at Southampton for this game, I would probably say that James Ward-Prowse would be right up there because I don't think from open play, if Ings doesn't play, they're going to be creating that much. So I think they'll be really dependent on set pieces and obviously with his delivery and he'll be feeling so confident with any direct free kick it gets. I probably would say he was the standout FPL option for me this week if Ings doesn't play. Yeah, I think Che Adams for one would definitely suffer. So I think uh, his value maybe decreases. I can definitely see what you mean about War Prowse. I think it's always a little bit dodgy picking a player just based on their set piece ability. I think that's uh, maybe not the best way to go sometimes. Like if that's the main thing you're based around, because I don't see much else from him in terms of uh, looking likely to get FPL returns. Mm-hmm. But I think I think he's still probably the standout option, as you say. I think if anyone's going to create anything, it would be him. Yeah, and I think Southampton's defence will will obviously be a good shout too. But yeah. I actually feel like Newcastle might be able to get at them um, because. With Southampton, people always talk about the higher line and being able to get through it. And um, you still have you have to have a quality of player to be able to break their press to get through. And I think St. Maximum, he's not, obviously, he's not Ronaldinho. Uh, he's far from that. But one thing he's got is in fantastic dribbling ability. And he will be someone, I think, will be able to break that line of press and they might be able to get in behind. So if I'm a Callum Wilson owner, I would I would be fairly confident that he is going to get some good chances. And I think St. Maximum is absolutely key to breaking that press. Yeah, no, I definitely see what you mean by that. I think um, 
So Maximan definitely looks very dangerous when he plays. He's very good at breaking that that press, and he's very good at dribbling past players. I think Wilson. I'm not sure. I just put, is it four out of his five goals are penalties? I believe. So um, it doesn't seem like he's scoring that many from out uh, in play. Sorry. So I think they're both good options, but I wouldn't be expecting them to get returns. To be honest, so I had them in my team against Southampton. Yeah, I actually, I, I actually, I really like um, Wilson for this game, just because, like I said, I think Saint Maximum is going to be really good at breaking that press. Yeah, uh, and I think he's going to have chances. So, I think, yeah. I think it's similar to what I said last week. I said last week with Southampton against Villa, a Villa, we're going to struggle to score against Southampton, um, but maybe I'm going down the same route again, saying the same about Newcastle, but maybe they will break those lines, as you say. So it'll be an interesting one to see. Yeah, well, if, if you do look at who Southampton look at their clean sheets against, they are pretty poor sides. I know they kept one against Everton, but Everton, they obviously had no Coleman. Uh, Richarlison was missing. You can see how it's really hurt them, lack of pace. Um, so, yeah, I think they're a bit flattered to, uh, to deceive a little bit, Southampton. I think Newcastle will get a result. I think this will, I think this will be a scoring draw between both of them. But um, yeah, so Callum Wilson owners, I'd be fairly confident. And then from Southampton side, if Danny Ings, Danny Ings is missing, then Ward Prowse is probably the go-to for us. Um, right, so we're both United fans and it's been absolutely fucking painful yeah. uh, league season so far. I wish we could just play the Champions League every week now. And, and let's just play Champions League midweek and weekend because it's just pitiful. Um, the form, one point from... 12 at home is shocking um, but obviously Oli needs a win Poch has already been on Monday Night Football with his beautiful hair talking about how he really wants to get back into work basically saying come on Ed I'm, I'm on the market um, Oli needs to win Everton away Everton have lost their last two games Richarlison it's his last um, game of suspension they're really struggling without his pace what do we think about Man United against Everton? You know what Everton are going to do. They're going to sit deep and they're going to try and catch United on the counter-attack. Um, what do you think about United assets in this game? I mean, I, I wouldn't trust United to... Uh, you never really know what's going to show up them, but I think it's Everton have performed pretty well this year. I wouldn't trust United to be all guns firing at them. I, I, I think I agree with you. I think Everton will sit deep. Uh, I'd be interested to see about the counter because I don't really think Everton have that much pace with the likes of Richarlison out. Um, so I don't know how easy that would be for them. But I think um, sitting deep is definitely the tactic to go for against United because I think if you play high, then we can get in behind. Although with Arsenal, I think they play quite a high press, but United you know, couldn't really break it. So it's hard to really know. But I think um, Everton will be defensively solid. But I do think if United turn up, then they can beat them. So, I just think it's one of those things, you're not really inconsistent. You never really know what you're going to get. They could show up and get you loads of points. They could show up and get you none. I think there's not really many in-betweens. Yeah. So, we're both Bruno owners at the moment. Are you worried about him? Are you yeah. long-term? Yeah, I am currently worried about Bruno. I think the main thing about it is he's 10.5 mil, which is definitely premium price, isn't it? So, um, if United aren't performing to the level they should be, if they're playing like how they played against Arsenal, um, then 
I don't fancy Bruno as a good option. I don't think we're going to get enough chances. And it was even more worrying against Arsenal because Bruno got subbed off for Van der Beek, which you don't usually see. I don't know if that was just a one-off in that game, but I really hope that doesn't become recurring in terms of an FPL asset. Yeah, okay. the big saving grace for Bruno is United's game after Everton is West Brom at home. Um, so you definitely want to keep him in for this week and the week after, and then we'll make a judgment call um, on him. But yeah, I am worried too. Um, I do think that Oli's really struggling to find his formation. He's really struggling to know how to get the players in. But I think Martial has been a massive miss. Um and that hold-up play he's got, United don't really have another number nine like that at the moment. I know Cavani's come in, but obviously he's, he's well, he started miles behind in terms of his pre-season stuff. So I think that will make a difference. I, f- I don't know if it's me being biased, but I feel like United will win this game because every time Ollie's been on the brink of being sacked, he's pulled out of the bag. Um I feel like United are going to be okay in this game because Everton won't have that pace to counter, like you said. Um, so I think Bruno will do well in this game. Uh, so I'm happy with Bruno. Rashford, he's in great form, but he's struggling without that pace behind. So I think two assets I would look at would be Bruno and Martial. I think Martial has gone down to 87 he could be a really good differential for people if they want to go on to United with the West Brom game upcoming next week, um, after the international break, sorry. He might be a good early punt for people to get on. So if you want to get into United, I would say that if you don't have Bruno and Rashford, I would look to Martial. So if you're a Jimenez owner or something, or Ings owner, say an Ings owner after the Ings injury, Martial 8.7 could be a good punt. So I would I would suggest looking that way if you want to get into the United team. What do you think about what do you think about Martial, Greg? Yeah, I like that show. I think uh, with those price drops, it makes his price even more appealing. He ha- obviously hasn't started the season well um, in terms of FPL, but um, I still think he's a quality player, and he will turn that around. He will start scoring goals, and when he does, it will start scoring them in bulk. I think so. Um, yeah, I would say one more thing as Bruno owners: um, when Martial plays, so. Obviously, as United fans, we watch them all the time. Uh, when Martial plays, he wins ninety. He wins about ninety percent of the penalties Man United win. Yeah, he does. He loves getting fouled in the box. Um, so if you own Bruno, then Martial coming back is big. Uh, he obviously won the penalty against Spurs, which Bruno scored too. So yeah, Martial is massive for Bruno. Um, so he would be a really good early punt if you guys want to move from Ings and Jimenez 8.7 you could look that way and it's also good news for Bruno owners Everton so obviously Calvert-Lewin scored the weekend he's really ticking over nicely they're really struggling without Richarlison's pace and they're also missing Coleman Uh, I know uh, John Joe Kenny's come in but it's not the same um Jimenez, uh, not Jimenez, sorry, Rodriguez obviously missed with a testicle injury. Um, everyone thought it was bollocks, but it came out that he did a, he did have an injury to the old ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> he had a, a testicle injury from from something to do with Van Dyke, which was a bit of a weird one, I thought, but uh, we'll leave that there. So, <laughs> but, um, don't know what he did to him. Um, but yeah, so what do you think about Everton? Obviously, 
they start the season like house on fire. Richarlison's missed the last couple of games. It's not really turned out well for them. Coleman missing. If you're Rodriguez and uh, Calvert-Lewin owner, I think you just, you hold on, don't you? Because Richarlison's just about to come back. Yeah, no, definitely. I think you hold on. I think they're still, they're still shaping a great team. All, all their prices are fairly cheap still. So I think they're still good options. And Calvert-Lewin's still ticking over, even if you could call it a bit of a poor patch right now. Calvert-Lewin in particular is still scoring the goals. So um, I definitely hold, definitely. Yeah, and also for Calvert-Lewin owners, with Richarlison back, guess what the team, guess who he's playing when Richarlison comes back? Who? Fulham. So yeah, hold. Big hold. I saw I saw when he blanked for the first time, ridiculously, people were selling him. And I was like, what are they doing? It's been the most reactionary FPL season I think I've ever seen. I love it. It's, it's always the way, isn't it? Yeah. Fair, I can't even talk. I do the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're slandering just every player who blanks for you every week. <laughs> right. So then we got Palace Leeds. Now... Leicester showed last night that if you're a good counter-attacking team, you can get at Leeds. Um, Crystal Palace are a good counter-attacking team. Uh, if, your own, if you own Zaha, I would be pretty confident he will be getting some returns against Leeds this weekend. 100% agree. I was about to say the exact same thing, to be honest. I think Zaha will be um, a good shout in this one. I think Leeds, um, they're quite... They're definitely quite prone to the counter. I think they can definitely leak goals. And I think Zaha's definitely Crystal Palace's main attacking threat. So I could see Zaha getting returns. Definitely. Yeah. The thing about Leeds is they put their fullbacks so high. And because they're all man for man, it takes one mistake and then they're just so open. Yeah. And um, that just kept happening against Leicester. And obviously, Jamie Vardy is the best at the business when there's space in behind. And. Um, yeah, I really fancy Zaha to have a really good game against Leeds. Um, so I know a lot of the te- a lot of the top ten k owns Zaha, so I would expect some some decent returns for him. Yeah, uh, I don't own him. I won't bring him in because I just can't stand watching Crystal Palace. But I think if you do have Zaha, he will be um, a good asset against Leeds. I, I, I just can see it now. Yeah. Um, the rest of Palace, I guess another person to talk about is Van Arno. He came back last um, last weekend. He had assist, which was disallowed, um, thanks to VAR. He had a penalty, which they should have got, uh, which he would have been assist of. Um, but yeah, it was unlucky game for him. Um, what do you think about Van Arno? Do you think he would have kept Mitchell out now? Yeah, I think they both offered very different things. I think Van Haar will um, likely be... I don't know, Mitchell had not been any, so it's hard really to know. But I think Van Van has got such an attacking threat. I think it's something you don't really want to miss out on if you're Royal Shun. So um, I think Van Haar would keep his place. Um, and Van Haar Van owners would be unlucky to not get a return last game week. Who's struggling more at the moment? Uh, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer or you trying to say Van Arno? Once was enough. I've just tried to say it about four times in a row and it's just gotten worse every single time. Tongue twister. Uh, sorry, Patrick, but uh, I do think you're a good FBL option. If you keep your place, I think um, you'll, you'll be getting the points. Yeah. 
And then obviously from Leeds, all of Bamford's points seem to be coming from away from home. So I wouldn't be surprised if people have written him off after another blank, three and four, and then all of a sudden he goes and pops a pops a hat trick in. Yeah, I think um, although Bamford has got a few blanks of his name, I think the thing that catches my eye about him is he just passes the eye test for me in every game. I always feel like he's going to score at some point. I just I think he's always in the right position. Leeds create a lot of chances, so um, I just feel like the goals are always going to come for him. So at six mil, I mean it's it's a bargain. So I think in this game in particular, Bamford, I do fancy him to score. I don't know. Uh, how Palace will cope with the Leeds attack. It'll be interesting to see, but I think Bamford will get a goal. Yeah, I think both teams will score in this game. Um, what do you think about the, the Leeds fullbacks? I know Dallas got a um, Dallas got a goal. Um, Ailing, he's playing very high, but he's yet to really get any attacking, um, attacking returns. Uh, I think if I've got over one of those two and I want to make a transfer... I think looking at the West Ham boys for their fixture swing now, the likes of Kufal and people like that would be would be a decent move. Yeah, I think with Leeds, the fullbacks, I think attacking-wise, I think you'll be happy with it. But I think the thing that would bother me is the defending side. I don't think Leeds will be keeping many clean sheets. So uh, I think definitely the boys at West Ham are good transfers. you got Kufal, Masuaku, um and I think West Ham have more clean seat potential, but also a good potential with the fullbacks getting returns. So I think it's a better combination of the two if you pick a West Ham one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because with the fullbacks for Leeds, like when they're crossing it in, it's really just Bamford with the aerial threat. Whereas you look at Kufal and obviously Creswell is a bit more in the Masuaku. They get the ball in, they've got Sushek, they've got Antonio. When he's there, they've got Haller, who's tall. They've got massive aerial threat. So it's, it, it's really... Uh, it's quite different in terms of the targets they have to hit. So, yeah, I think the West Ham boys would be a good good move on. Um, I think the next game, so we've got Chelsea versus Sheffield United. I can't see, and people could hold me to this, I can't see how Sheffield United are going to score. Nah. So, Mendy's come in for Chelsea and he's got five clean sheets in his first six games, which isn't too bad, is it? Uh, and he's made, a, he's made a massive difference. He doesn't throw it in the net. Uh, and then you've got Thiago, who's made a big difference. Chilwell, obviously, They're starting to find their feet. There's a bit more attacking, uh, a bit more attacking and returns going on now. So they got a, they banged in a couple against Krasnodar. Um, I think it was a farmer team they were playing, and then they also put a couple past Burnley. So it's getting to the stage now where Chelsea look like they're starting to click. Um, I like I said, I've brought in Ziyech. What do you think about the Chelsea assets now, attacking-wise? Who are you going for? Obviously, Werner was going to be on the bench before Pulisic got injured. Uh, just to give people an update quickly, Pulisic has been called up to the, the USA squad and Lampard said in his press conference that it was very minor and he could be back for the weekend. So it looks like he's got a good chance of playing too. So what do you think about the likes of Werner, Havert, Ziyech? Who's the best option to have as an attacking asset for Chelsea against Sheffield United? So I think Vernon's a bit of a worry, really, if he was almost benched for Pulisic. If Pulisic comes back, who knows what Vernon's going to be um, doing this game week. I think uh, I'd expect Vernon to play still, but uh, there's always that little bit of doubt around it, I guess. Um, it seems Vernon uh, did come in for Pulisic, but Vernon played strictly on the left, is what I saw in most of the game. So I think that takes away from his potential, and I'm still not really convinced on him. I think... 
I think he's the sort of player that's going to burn us at some point. So yeah, I think with Werner, I think um, just not too, really too sure on him. I think he's not as selfish as I want him to be. Um, I don't think he's getting as many chances as I'd want him to be. So I'm not convinced on him. Um, and then you got the likes of Havertz again. I think he's definitely got. A, sorry, will you? I think Havertz is struggling. I I, I think he's finding it really difficult. Um, he's kind of. Like, I think the pace is really. Is he's really struggling to deal with the pace of the game at the moment. Um, and it's taken him quite a while to adapt. So I had Havertz and yeah, he, he scored and stuff like that, but he just seems to me that he's struggling to adapt at the moment. And um, I think 8.4 is just too much when you've got the likes of Grealish around, even Zahar, ZX cheaper. There just seems to be much better options around that price bracket. So I wouldn't, I, I can't endorse Havertz at all. Yeah, I definitely see where you're coming from. And I think um, I think ZX probably a better option right now. I think ZX looked very good against Burnley. Um, only thing I'd say against ZX is still very early days. So um, I want to see a bit more of him maybe. But in terms of what I've seen so far, he looks like a very promising asset. Yeah, well, from the start of the season, I, I, I had Ziyech from the start. And when the injury news came out, I was gutted because I, I wanted him. I thought 8 million was an absolute bargain. Um, his assist record and like um, his goal scoring um, stats for Ajax in the Champions League and in the, the Dutch League was absolutely fantastic. And uh, obviously, he's got more experience than Herbert, so it takes it might be a little bit less time for him to adapt so I really like Ziek. Um Ziek for me is the best option out of them at the moment um, just because he looks like he's adapting quicker I know he's played only one game there but he was really impressive really instrumental to everything Yeah. and then Chelsea's defence you just I've brought in Chilwell you can, you can pick any of them I wouldn't I wouldn't be too certain on Reese James he's, he looks fantastic every time he plays but you're just not sure he's going to play but you'd expect a clean sheet in this game yeah, no, you, if you expect a clean sheet against anyone, I think Sheffield United would be one of those teams. So I think um, I'd be very surprised if Chelsea didn't get a clean sheet, yeah. Would you, if you made a Brewster, like, I know he's only 4.5 and you don't want to expect big things from him. They played a lot of decent sides, but um, it just doesn't... Uh, Sheffield United's style, I don't know if it suits the way he'll he'll want to play her after at that because obviously he's playing up front with McBurney. They play quite direct to him. Fullbacks get it and cross it. He's not really a header of the ball. So I think um, obviously it's a wait and see till the fixtures get a little bit easier, but I don't know if that's gonna work, that that fit. Yeah, I'm not I'm not obviously it's very cheap, but I'm not convinced by Brewster at Sheffield United. I think Sheffield United is one of the big factors of that. I don't think they're a very attacking team. So it'll be hard for him to create many chances. So I think he'll be suffocated quite heavily up there. Yeah, and a lot of us looked to the Sheffield United last season for their defensive assets, but with Ramsdale and goal, it's just not the same. Obviously, O'Connell's got a long-term injury; he's out for the season. I just, I just can't really think of any uh, players from Sheffield United that would even be worth considering at the moment. Yeah, I agree. Um, right, so that obviously you've got to think that's going to be quite a big Chelsea win, don't you? Yeah, I think so. But, this is, and then we've got the game that we've all been waiting for, and that is West Ham-Fulham. Now, we're all waiting for news on Antonio. If Antonio 
is past fit, then anyone who's got more pay, Jimenez, Ings, that's a, that's a, an easy tap in of a move. Um, so everyone's going to have their eyes on that. Um, I've had Sushek from the start. Uh, he's not got me a goal yet, but I'm going to play him in this game just because it's Fulham. I know they, they beat West Brom, but West Brom are useless. And um, you've got to expect that West Ham are going to put a few past Fulham. Yeah. So the likes of Bowen, I think this will be a game where we might see Ben Rama get his first start. Um, obviously, they've played four nails in the other games where they wanted a bit more of a hard-working player. I think Ben Rama, they'll probably expect Fulham to set a bit deep. And they'll probably want, they'll play him for the first time, so it'd be good to have a look at him. But I really like Bowen for this game. Yeah, I think all those options are good. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing Ben Rama play. I think he's a very exciting op- option. Um, I want to see how he uh, gels into the Premier League. Uh, but I think Bowen's probably the solid shout. I think he's looked really good in the games with West Ham so far. And obviously, Antonio, if you're picking a sh- forward, he's um, he's he's a great option if he's fit. Obviously, that's the big if. But um, he's looked so good against all the sides he's played so far. And those have been the R games. So it'd be interesting to see him in these sorts of games. Yeah. And then obviously you've got West Ham's defence. Um, and I'd just say any of them really are good options. Yeah. I think I think Creswell is probably the standout option out of the West Ham defenders because he takes some of the set pieces, which is big. Um, but I feel like Fulham are going to score. Um, I've got a feeling they'll score. Mm. Uh, they looked like they were... I know it was West Brom and West Brom aren't great, but they looked like they were gelling a little bit more. They were getting the ball into Mitrovic. I feel like Fulham might get a goal, but I feel like West Ham are going to are gonna get at least two or three, especially if Antonio plays. So um, I think that's an easy move. If, you, if Antonio's fit, then to get him in. But my differential for the week is in this game. I'll let you know later who that is. But I think West Ham are going to win by a couple of goals here. Yeah. Um, then we've got the biggest tap-in of captaincy in FPL history. Um, we've got Spurs away at West Brom. Now, Spurs are fantastic away from home. West Brom are awful. Um, they let in two goals against Fulham. It could have been more. Uh, Son Kane Bale got his first goal but if you've got either Son or Kane it's an absolute tap in to have either one of those with the armband isn't it yeah 100% I mean it's the standout fixture of the game week I think uh, Spurs assets looking so good at the moment you've got to choose one of these um, I think if you've got both Son and Kane I'd probably go Kane but if you only have one just pick that one yeah, I think I think Spurs are going to hit them for about three or four, to be honest. Um, I think they're just they're just going to be well too much for them the way for, the form that Kane and Son are in. Um, I think Kane's overall ownership, including captaincy, is going to be like over 160 percent. It's going to be stupid. Yeah, um, because of the armband and. Every, it's it's one of those weeks where it's not really going to divide captaincy too much because most people will do it between either City asset, uh, maybe a Chelsea asset, and then uh, Spurs. And obviously with City playing Liverpool, 
uh, it really looks like with Kane and Son the form they're in. You just it's just an, an absolute must to put the captaincy on one of those. Yeah, no, I, I think definitely. I think Kane will be the big standout, and I think the fact uh, the fact of the matter is it probably will come down to other players in your team uh, whether you have a good game week or not because everyone's going to be captaining either Kane or Son. Yeah. Do you think Spurs get a clean sheet in that game? Yeah, I think they will. Yeah. I just can't really think of... See, West Brom, they've got, they've got those tricky wingers, but just nothing seems to really happen. Um, I know they've brought in that Grant, but let's be honest, he's not he's not tearing down any trees, is he? Uh, so, yeah, I can only see a Spurs big win there. Um, and then we move on to Leicester. Now, Leicester looked fantastic against Leeds last night and it looks like they've gone back to the style of when Ranieri won the league of just a really, really good counter-attack inside. Playing five at the back and then they let Vardy and Barnes absolutely wreak havoc. Um, Vardy obviously got a goal last night, got two assists. He would have scored a penalty and all if he stayed on. Um, Do you think that Vardy's a good option now? I actually think this is a kind of game that Vardy will struggle. Wolves will play deep with five at the back. It won't have much space for him. I wouldn't be surprised if he blanks in this game. But moving forward, what do you think about Vardy as an option with Rodgers going back to that counter-attack in style, which should really suit him? I think Vardy's a good option. I agree this game week might not be the one for him. Um, I think Wolves are quite a defensive side, so I think he'll struggle. Um, but long-term... Leicester have Liverpool next. And I know, tricky fixture, but Vardy can score against Liverpool. He'll get him behind on that defence. Yeah, he will. So I think uh, I'd fancy him in that. Then they've got Fulham, Sheffield United, Brighton. So I think long-term, Vardy's a great option. In terms of this game specifically, I think he will struggle a little bit to get him behind. So maybe interesting to see. Obviously, if Leicester get a penalty of some sort, Vardy will still uh, have the chance to get a goal. I think Vardy's actually a great option, especially after this game week. Yeah, yeah, he could be a differential for sure because I don't think a lot of people want to pay the money. I won't be doing it because I don't want to pay the money unless I moved off Kane. But I don't know. I just I like having Kane in there at the moment, um, and it'd probably be a move to a City asset when that gets really good. Uh, what I'll be looking to. What's interesting about Leicester is they've got six penalties this season, which is quite by far the most compared to the other sides. So you wonder how sustainable that is. Um, yeah. But obviously they're on the break. For, they're breaking out very fast. People, defences are desperate and they're taking them down. So it would be interesting. It's quite interesting how he doesn't start Madison. He waits for the other teams are tired and he brings Madison on. And he's very creative and puts through the likes of Vardy and stuff like that. Obviously, um Under's done really well when he's come on. He's assisted Vardy in the last two games. So they've got they've got a real strategy at the moment of let's sit back, wait for the teams to tire themselves out, and then 60 minutes we're absolutely we'll we'll get them on the counter. So it's looking good. It's looking good for them. And I really like you, I I I would really fancy Vardy to score against Liverpool. Yeah. Uh, in the next week. Um in terms of Leicester, the defence Fafana's come in, but there's not really many options from an attacking point of view for those guys until Pereira and Castagna come back. Um, 
Wolves, they looked much better, I thought, against Palace. They looked much better. Um, Jimenez, he was involved a lot, but he wasn't really getting that many shots off. The real standout was Podence. Um, people have had to have a little bit of patience with him and it paid off. Um, he had a, a number of shots in the box. He got his goal. He got an assist. Um, if you kept your patience with Podence, would you say to keep hold for this game or would you move him on? I don't think this game is going to suit him either. I think the five at the back for Leicester, they're going to probably... No, I think this will be the kind of game where they, it might be a bit of a, a stalemate and it will be a really low-scoring game. Yeah, I think... Um... I really like Podence as an option now. I think in the last three games, I've been really impressed with him. Um, and I think at his price point, he's very cheap. So I think in this game, he will struggle a bit. Uh, but I still think he could get a return. I would definitely wouldn't think about moving him on, to be honest. I think uh, he's one to keep because of his price. He's not that much uh, holding up in your team. And um, no, I just think he'd look good. I think the only worrying thing for Podence for me is he always gets subbed off. Yeah, he does. So he never plays the 90. So I'd definitely watch out for that. Yeah, I'm quite surprised that Jimenez has not been getting much game time. Uh, or not Jimenez, sorry, uh, Troy Ore. It just seems like he's well out of favour at the moment. Um, keeps coming on with like 10, 15 minutes left. So it's a bit of a weird one, that. Um, after he's been so good for Nuno in the last two seasons. Um what do you think about the whole Sace debate? So is Sace going to leave your team now? Obviously, Kilman started, Sace didn't get off the bench. Is that Sace done for owners now? Should, should he be moved out? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to move him out of the game week because I feel like I've got other holes I also want to fill. But I think you don't want to keep Sace when that rotation risk is clearly there. And he might be dropped for a sustained period of time. And just any doubts over him at all, I think he's not worth having if that doubt is there. Yeah. What do you think about Kilman? I think Kilman's a good option because how cheap he is, but I also would be worried about Kilman because it's the exact same thing. You just don't know if he's going to carry on playing. You don't know if Sakes is going to come back in. Um, there's always that risk there. So if you fancy it and you don't mind the risk, then go for it. But if, you, if you're worried about your players playing, then I'll, I would avoid personally. Yeah, I guess with Kilman, because he's so cheap, you could just bring him in and then have a decent bench option. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think Kilman's a good option because of his price. But like you said, you'll be dealing with that worry if he's going to start. But at 4.2, does it really matter? Um, then we've got City-Liverpool. Now, City are a weird one at the moment because their XG is massively down compared to um, their average XG per game. is massively down compared to previous seasons. Uh, they're really struggling without Aguero and Jesus. Um, I'm looking at that fixture turn and I've got no idea which City to play to pick because Sterling, he does, he looks dangerous in the games and De Bruyne obviously looks good, but they're just, it's not clicking at the moment. They're not scoring lots of goals like they usually do. They're not getting the opportunities that they usually do. Torres at front, then Foden comes in a little bit, then Bernardo comes in a little bit, then Mares comes in a little bit. It's just all a little bit disjointed. And it's really difficult to know who to pick uh, from from City. Especially, and then obviously with um, Sterling and De Bruyne, both expensive assets, you want to be getting big returns from them if you're going to invest that much in them. So 
I think City have a little bit to prove to me before I go off the other assets towards them for the fixture swing because, yeah, they have fantastic fixtures, but I just don't know what I'm going to get at the moment from them. Um, you expect City, the likes of Sterling, uh, to have quite a good game against Liverpool. Um, you'd think that Liverpool, yeah, um, I think it's Phillips who had a good game for Liverpool at the back. But that was without Antonio playing. Haller played, and let's be Haller's like a, basically he's like a dummy, just standing in the middle of the, the pitch. He doesn't move; he just stands there like a mannequin. At some stages, I thought he was doing the mannequin challenge in that game. He weren't moving at all. Um, so, I think the likes of Sterling and uh, Torres, and even Foden, if he plays, I think Liverpool are going to struggle to keep them out. I could see City's maybe getting one or two, at least one, but maybe two in this Liverpool game. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think City will get a couple goals. I would definitely agree. I don't think I've been that convinced by City this year, to be honest. I think they look kind of blunt in attack, which is quite funny to say. Just looks all a little bit disjointed. A lot of possession, but not really doing much with it. Don't know if I'm being a bit harsh, but that's kind of just how it, how it feels a lot of the time. No, I'm with you. There's, like, there's a lot of like huffing and puffing, but it just doesn't seem to be happening. Yeah, um, but I still think I'll score against Liverpool because so I'm not com- completely convinced that Liverpool's defence without Van Dijk and two very attacking fullbacks, I think City will get the goals. So yeah, what do you think about Salah for this this game week? I think um, I think City have looked really solid at the back with Diaz and Laporte together. Um, I think they look good, um, but obviously the likes of Salah and Mane expect some returns for them. But the big question at the moment is Trent and Robertson. Like, is it time to get rid of them or not? I think I think so, personally. I think it's hard to say because they've got such an attacking threat. But I just don't see Liverpool keeping many clean sheets without Van Dijk. I just um, I think uh, they're very attacking fullbacks. Uh, I know West Ham only scored one against them, but they're very attacking fullbacks. And that without Van Dijk, I just think they're quite exposed to the back. So um, I wouldn't expect a clean sheet in this game. No, and I think I think the thing with Trent, for example, is he's attacking returns. He's been close a couple of times, but it's just not happening for him. And like you said, the clean sheets, the like the the bread and butter of the clean sheets, just don't look like they're going to be happening anytime soon with Van Dijk going uh, being injured for the season. So I'm with you. Um, I've I've got Robertson. I am going to keep him for the meantime, but uh, I'm definitely keeping an eye on it. Yeah. Um, and then we got Arsenal Villa. So Arsenal were very impressive against United, but Arsenal are the kind of team where they're not going to score more than one or two goals in a game. Um because they just they're more of a defensive side and then they like to hit teams on the counter attack. That's when that's why they struggle against teams who really sit back. So the Leicester game was a great example. Leicester sat back, sat back, caught them on the counter. Um I think Villa against Arsenal is going to be a really close game. There won't be many goals in it because Villa actually are defensively good. I know they let those goals in against um, uh, Southampton, but they were all set-piece mainly. And then the Leeds game, Leeds had a a fantastic performance. I think Villa are going to be okay in this game and I think it's going to be low scoring. Um, What do you think? If you're a Grealish owner, are you you confident that he will get a return in this game? No, I wouldn't be confident. I think he definitely could, but I wouldn't be uh, convinced that he would. I think Arsenal 
very uh, look very good defensively. I mean, they conceded uh, none against United, only one against Leicester, and only one against City. So these are three you'd probably say quite good at scoring sides, and they're not really conceding many goals against them. So yeah. I think you wouldn't probably expect Villa to score that many goals against them. I think they'll be solid. So I wouldn't expect a big return for Grealish, especially. Yeah, and I think if I was a Martinez owner, I'd be pretty confident because I don't think Arsenal are going to create that many chances. They're not really that creative of a side. Um, they're very much like very machine-like, um, very efficient. Um so I think he could get some saves, a lot of shots from long range. Abamyang, yes, he got the penalty, but he didn't really look like he was going to score against United still. It needed the reckless attack from Pogba. Uh, Arsenal is attack, uh, attacking um, FPL assets. There's no one there for me, really. Yeah, no, nah, for me, obviously Abamyang was the one at the start of the season, but just not convinced at all by him so far this season. And I just don't think they have any players that are like, wow, this guy is good. He's explosive or anything like that. It just seems all a bit team-based, I guess. Like As you say, they're quite an efficient, structured team. I wouldn't really expect one player to get you major amounts of points. So I would I would avoid uh, Arsenal attack, to be honest. Yeah, I guess one stat. So if people want a little bit of a gamble, he's playing most of the games though. So Saka... Has at the is top for the shot uh, shots in the box amongst all midfielders under six million in the last four game weeks. So if you're looking for that value player around that price bracket, Saka looks like he could be some good value there. That's a good shout. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out on him. Right, so let's do our differentials. So you won last week with five points with Che Adams. My Lookman shout got a massive one point. <laughs> which, which is quite funny because that's what I won with the week before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I um, finally got a return from one of my players. Absolutely, buzzed. I think it's the first differential you've had who's actually got a return. I think it, I, I'm pretty sure it is. So we're starting to break the trend a little bit. We're actually getting a couple of returns for these shouts. Um, so for me, my differential of the week is uh, Jared Bowen, two point two percent owned against Fulham. He's looked really good in the, the games against the tougher sides. He's got a couple of goals. Um, Fulham, they're going to be pedding back. But I really like him as a shout for this game week. Um, so, Jared Bowen's going to be my differential. All right. Well, I'm absolutely convinced that I'm beating you this week. Um, I, I, whoever's at home listening to this, put your money on it because it's going to happen. I've gone with Hakim Ziyech for Chelsea, 5% owned against Sheffield United, he's going to be bagging goals, he's going to be bagging assists, he's going to put Bowen in the ground. <laughs> Blimey, that got a bit morbid quickly. <laughs> um, yeah, both great shouts. I wouldn't be surprised if both of them returned. Um, I think uh, I think this is going to be a close one. Um, because Chelsea look really good and Ziyech is starting to click, but Fulham are awful. So um, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a close one. So look out for that, guys. Um, and then captaincy, just quickly, it's not really much to talk about. Um, Son and Kane are the standouts. I'm gonna captain Kane. Who are you captaining? Yeah, Kane as well. And then if you weren't gonna captain those guys, it would be a little bit of a differential captain for you. Would it? 
would you look at maybe one of the Chelsea boys or even one of the West Ham lads? If I was going to have a little bit of a punt and Antonio was fit, I would probably captain Antonio um, against Fulham. Or I would maybe even go a little bit, um, a little bit of a gamble and put the captaincy on the likes of a Ziyech or a Werner. Yeah, I'd probably avoid Werner personally, but Ziyech for me, I think uh, would be a good option. But um, I think I think Antonio is a great option as well if he's fit. But I think uh, you got to stay with the Spurs boys. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, well, let's hope that when we go into an international break, I'm 5-3 up. Uh, so let's keep this run going. FPL Steve smashing it. And uh, look forward to uh, bragging next week. Well, that's not going to happen, but uh, I'm glad you have the hope there anyway. All right, mate. You need get the armbands on because those waves are going to come thrashing down quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right, guys. Talk to you next week. Cheers, Greg. Thank you. Thank you, guys.